episode number 349. That idea of like the interactive optimization of what you can do in real time is how digital has totally changed everything. Welcome to the Be Real Show with Travis Tutal and Hoff, where we talk about life, dreams, social media, and business. Hello and welcome to the Be Real Show with Travis Tutal and Huff. Folks, you know your boy is always fired up, ready to bring you a little fuego on your day, night, weekend, or whenever the heck you're listening to the show today. But I believe after this show, uh, you're going to think about your marketing a little different. And, and, and the things you can do, and also, obviously, a lot of things that are out there uh, about investing your dollars in media and, and approaches and advertising uh, have changed over the years I've even been in this, but we're talking bringing you an actual OG in the game, Mr. Jordan Bitterman. Jordan, are you ready to be real? I am, Travis. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. Uh, and so just so you guys know a little bit more about Jordan, um, 25-year veteran of the advertising industry. When I say OG, I mean OG. Uh, and we were talking, like I do a lot of our guests that are in the advertising and marketing space, many things have stayed the same. Many things are a lot different. And so Mr. Jordan has, uh, you know, worked in a variety of different careers uh, in the agencies, especially advertising agency business. Uh, and now he is the chief marketing officer at Triple Lift, uh, which I love that name too. I'm going to get into why you call it Triple Lift. I like that. Uh, but basically, you know, now you're helping people of all different levels, as well as basically being able to be there for your family. Uh, you're, you're basically an entrepreneur now, like all of us. And, uh, and you're doing it at big scale because you've been on Inc. 500, Inc. 5000, uh, you know, some of the best places to work and, uh, and which has got to be an, an excellent ecumen as well because as we know, happy employees, happy workspace is something special about that that doesn't even equate to money and, uh, and seeing your team grow and, and watching them happy and seeing, knowing that you're providing for them. And, uh, but take me back into your story, Jordan. When you were in college or high school and stuff, were you always into the kind of marketing and advertising, kind of interested in art, things like that? No, uh, I, I was into baseball and football and baseball cards. and Nice, um, oh, man, there we go. I wanted to be a broadcaster and like call Mets games and whatnot and um, went to college and uh, I was never a great student. And about, uh, I guess it was like late sophomore year, I took a, a class, Introduction to Marketing. Gotcha. And I loved it. I loved mm. this class. And I remember walking out after the class was over, it was like, you know, springtime or early summer, or whatever with my buddies. And I was like, if I could do that for the rest of my life, I'll be happy. Like it was the first time I felt that, you know, it wasn't like biology or economics, which I wasn't good at. I was good at this, or at least I thought I might be good at this. And um, that's when I started to know. I started to know in college after that introduction to marketing class. Mm, so then you went heavy up, obviously probably pivoted towards the marketing emphasis at that point and decided to go. Uh, yeah. That was when my sweet spot was when we could get into all those marketing classes, even though I didn't like the statistics and some of the ones that they same, did, a, same. A, lot, a lot of people don't realize that marketing and business is a lot more than just, you know, thing. it's a lot of statistics and research and, you know, yeah. reviews and, uh, you know, uh, a lot of like numbers. Uh, you got to like numbers to be a marketing. That is for sure. Yeah. And even if you get into the agency business, you're talking CPMs and all these different reach frequencies back in the day. I mean, that it was a lot of numbers once you once you get into the advertising, media buying, and things like that. And uh, people never thought about that. But the beauty also of this industry is we could be chopping it up, Mr. Jordan, and I could we could create a TV commercial or a YouTube video now or something like that, TikTok ad, 
And not only could it go viral, but it could actually really work for you. And that it could bring you not only awareness, efficiency, but business. And, uh, and you can do it now at scale. I mean, we, you know, all different types of brands can do these things now. You aren't limited to just million dollar budgets. Everyone's got a damn content creation machine in this little iPhone in our hands. Yeah. And, uh, and you can literally, you know, now you can do a lot more. Um, in the space of marketing and advertising due to the vehicles of Facebook ads and, you know, YouTube videos and things like that, that we didn't have even when I was, uh, you know, g- getting started in 2005. I mean, yeah, it was but really- Travis, like, like the thing, even before social, the thing that I, I moved into digital, I think it was 1998. So I had started mm-hmm. out in traditional because that's really what all there was. Right. And, you know, went to digital and one of the first ad campaigns that I worked on the guy on the creative team, it was for Lego. And it was, a, I think it was for Mindstorms. I don't know if you know Lego Mindstorms. But basically, this is a product that you can program. You can program the Lego, program a robot to move right. through you know, a maze or whatever. Right. And we created a banner ad. Our creative team created a banner ad that actually allowed you to program the robot in the banner to move through the maze. And I had this moment early on in digital where I was like, so is that marketing? Is that a product demo? Like, what is that? It, but it that's the power of digital, whether it's social or whether it's mobile or whether it's content. Um, you've got, you, you have the ability to break down those walls and it's not just about a great piece of creative and there's plenty of great creative that's in the traditional world, but in digital, you can do so much more and that kind of interactivity uh, is just, it's special in this category. Yeah, it's like a, a focus group back in the day. You, you totally. Focus yeah. Group. Now you can run a test ad. That's a focus group. Who's, who's, who's engaging with the ad? Who's completing the ad? Who's, you know, and then no one's touching the ad? Okay, this, the people don't care about this thing. Oh, tons of people are touching this ad and they want more? Hey, yep. we can scale this thing up. And, uh, and you can instantly do that now so easily. But many times, obviously, marketers sometimes think all or none, unfortunately. Like, they don't think of, like, I always think now is like everything in marketing is a kind of a test. It's like, you're, like Gary Vee, he's always testing shit, always testing shit, throwing it against the wall, testing it. If it sticks, he runs with it, pivots it out until it, he kind of drags the horse till it's done. And then he's already feeding the next horse. You know what I mean? And so it's kind of one totally. of those things that, uh, you know, it, 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 uh, most people back in the day, like I was when I was in when media, it was, hey, we're planning the quarter, we're planning the year. And, uh, and some of that stuff does work, obviously, in traditional, but it's a lot, not doesn't work, you know? And so... How have you seen it change, uh, you know, in your, in your years, obviously, uh, or to scale up to today, I mean, it's just insane how, how it's changed. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there was, uh, the way I look at digital advertising, and I have for many years, is that, and I'm sure a lot of your guests feel the exact same way, is that back in the day when it was print or television, you created the ad, you trafficked the ad, and your job basically stopped right? You, maybe you had to do a couple like post analyses just to see if it performed or whatever. Now, as soon as that ad goes live, that's actually when the job begins right. because then you have to engage your audiences or you have to, um, you have to optimize the campaign. Uh, you have to, as you were saying before, get all the data and figure out what's working, what's not working. Have that both affect what you're doing in the moment with that ad or that campaign and have it affect what you do six, 12 months from now. Mm. Um, have it affect what you do with your product because advertising can tell you so much about your product. And that wasn't the case back in the day. Yeah. You could do some sort of like a research project or something, but that idea of like the interactive optimization of what you can do in real time is how digital has totally changed everything. It's amazing. It's truly amazing when you say it like that, because it's, it's, 
uh, one of those things that if you don't embrace it, you're just missing. You're just completely missing totally. the ball, especially as we're in 2021 and still brands haven't completely embraced digital and uh, or even social engagement. You see them posting and it's like tons of people are asking questions and why don't you have people to engage? I don't get it. Like yeah. I, 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 even just soft touch things, it, it, you build so much loyalty. We've even seen in our 12 years of running our social agency of just engaging back and thanking people. And if they're frustrated, letting them know, Hey, we're going to be in touch with you. We got the bosses on the line. We got the owners mm-hmm. calling you soon and making them feel like they're, they're, they're a valid, um, uh, uh, you know, I remember doing that too uh, on Twitter on American airlines and shout out to American airlines on Twitter. If you got a problem, go there because I literally tweeted them, uh, before I even got to the aisle of where you're supposed to stand to customer service, to reroute flights and stuff, you know, they have those little hubs in there. Right. I had my flight changed. And they had it all fixed in like three, five minutes. It was insane. Walking through the airport, like I was walking to the line. I was kind of like, I'm going to go on American Airlines and just figure this thing out. And it it means some of these companies are that adaptive where they can make a customer service change to your flight through Twitter. It's insane um, when you really think about that. So uh, take us to now. With Triple Lift, uh, you know, what are the challenges and what, tell us a little bit about like kind of the brands and businesses maybe, or people, what are you guys doing? Tell us a little bit about how you're helping people. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with that. So uh, we're, I'm sure a lot of your listeners know uh, the programmatic space pretty well, but for those who don't, um, we're an SSP, a supply side platform. So the way I like to look at that uh, and, and describe it like a Thanksgiving of family members who might not know um, is, you know, back in the day, if you were ordering, uh, you know, food from uh, takeout restaurants, you'd have to like have the menu in your drawer or you'd have to like know exactly who you wanted to call. And then Seamless comes along and Uber Eats comes along, et cetera. And it, it you know, it, now it's all in front of you. And so I can see these 30,000 restaurants in New York City that I can order from in one place. Well, that's essentially what an SSP does. It takes all the publishers that are out there and allows buyers to go and buy from any one of those publishers. We can segment it out. You can only buy this one or these five or these 50 or or all 31,000 that we have. And so that's what an SSP does. Um, You asked a little while ago what, you know, what the name Triple Lift is for, but it it kind of... It, it, it just dovetails really nicely on what our whole mission is, which is to make advertising better for everyone. And so the constituents, constituencies there are to help publishers make more money. And we do that. Help advertisers get better performance. And we do that. Mm. And then an important byproduct of our work is we even help consumers see better ads. Um, gotcha. And while that might not be our, our main thrust, it's all about the publishers and the advertisers. At the end of the day, if, if the consumer is feeling it, then everything is going to work better. And so Triple Lift was named for the lifting of the fortunes of all three of those constituencies. I like that. And it's, it's so true. I mean, publishers, I know even when I left the media business and then ABC Broadcasting, it's changed tremendously since I left um, 12 years ago. And they have to find new ways and more ways to monetize their content because it's, it's, they're putting in a lot of it out for free. I know the news, I yep. mean, the local public news is literally giving you this stuff for free. And I remember seeing the PG&E and just at the local one, it was $38,000. It's like, oh my God, that's just the PG&E bill to run this place. So just to run it, let alone the news talent and anchors and fees and insurances and all that, you know? And so you just think about it. They got to find ways to monetize. And uh, I remember totally. think, thinking about that as well as, uh, as, as, as also on the other side that, that, you know, when I was sitting, this is 2009 guys, this is a while ago. There's gotta be something like what you guys are doing to be doing coming along where I think we were seeing something like spot runner or something like that, where I don't know if you remember that, where it was kind of like, you could place your own TV ads. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's on right. The, 
on the like, and it was from Comcast. I think Comcast bought them or something like that. They integrated it in, I believe, at some point. But uh, it was it was called Spot Runner, I believe. And I remember hearing about it because it was in like around 2009 time, and it was you could basically buy your own TV ads, and it was a way of kind of somewhat doing what. And I thought, wow, everyone should be doing this. All the publisher, everyone should be getting in on this and getting money um, from buys nationwide buys and nationwide buyers that want to buy your market, but they don't even know about you, but now you're in a bigger system. And, uh, right. it's, it's kind of like a win for everybody. If you can, you know, you got the eyeballs, they're just sitting there for zero. If you're not charging them anything and, and you're giving out these ads, you know, for free, basically, uh, to your current customers when there's maybe people that are nationwide advertisers that want to be on there that just yep. don't know about your little newspaper or your, you know, and it's, uh, so that's what you guys solved. You literally solved that problem for them. Yeah, and, and Connected TV, which is the category that you're talking about, Spotrunner and the companies that are around that time were probably a little bit too early in the game because Absolutely. the infrastructure wasn't built out, but the idea was dead on. Right. And that's what we and a number of other companies in the industry do. Um, and we do it for display ads. We do it for what's known as native ads, which is really what we became famous for. And we also do it for uh, video ads, including oh, CTV. Nice. And CTV is where the, that's where the, the coming uh, battle is uh, for the for the ad industry. Dollars are going to be shifting. They already are shifting from television into connected television, mm. and uh, and that spot runner thesis will probably come true in the next three to five years. Got you. Yeah, it makes total. I, it was also that they were overpricing everything because like they were. I would look at what they were charging like my own stuff for because I would create my own campaigns and I would see what. They were charging for what I would, so it was a big arbitrage. They'd be charging 200 bucks while I could sell it for 50 bucks. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like, there was an arbitrage there where I think that that arbitrage, as long as it's more transparent, and it's more affordable. Um, and like you said, it's the times now we're talking about, you know, the internet's just sped up now and uh, it's incredible. I think that is so connected TV y'all. Uh, get to know the term as an advertiser from an OG. But I also, I, I feel it, you know, you see the Roku, you see all these different devices that are connected, not through a Comcast or not through, but there's, but they're, you got to run ads to these people. You got to find ways to run to ads to them. Absolutely. And, uh, That's where we are. You're there. I'm there. We're all there. I love that. I love that, my man. Um, so what types of brands do you f feel really synergize or work the best with you guys? Like what, who do you feel like is like, I mean, I know you're monetizing. And so if you're a publisher, y'all, please check them out. Did you have a way of obviously signing up to, to become a publisher with on the platform? Uh, yeah, just go to triplelift.com and there's a, there's a place right there to do it. Um, you know, we work with, uh, as I said before, we work with 31,000 different websites. Um, and we work with all 100 of the ad age, 100 advertisers. Gotcha. And then there's a whole long tail uh, from it, uh, uh, from there. Uh, so we work with, you know, thousands and thousands of advertisers, uh, both brands and agencies. Um, and you know, that's really what's going on right now is that you see dollars shifting. Um, and it happened in, in a very meaningful way during the pandemic dollars went to two places. I call them the two P's. They went to platforms, the Facebooks, the Googles, the Twitters, et cetera. And obviously dollars were going to both these places before that, but they really accelerated during the pandemic. And the other P is programmatic. And the reason why this happened is because agencies and brands needed to do more with less. They needed to, they were cutting back on their staff. Um, they were, uh, but, but at the same time, they were spending in certain cases, the same amount of money, the same budgets in 2020 that they probably went in with, even though there was a blip there for a few months. Right. And so how do you do that? How do you spend that money efficiently? You spend it on the platforms and you spend it on programmatic. And those are the two P's that are really driving mm -hmm. uh, the entire growth in the advertising industry right now. 
And I would say if you guys are not an agency and not on a platform like, you know, triple lift, uh, you need to get with it because I mean, especially if you're an agency, you know, I mean, these are, these, this is, this is literally the future. Um, do you see you guys, uh, you know, connecting more types of devices, uh, if you want to call it the end consumer at some point to, uh, to the platform as that evolves as well? Absolutely. So we, we, uh, we were a company that started out native. It was all web, you know, just desktop and mobile. Right. Um, that started to include, uh, video products, uh, as well. And now we have an entire, uh, connected TV team. And what's super interesting about this, Travis, is that, um, our CTV offering is a little bit different than a lot of the other companies in programmatic. We can run spots like the spots that run inside your favorite shows as an adjacency, 30 seconds, 15 seconds, et cetera. No problem. We've got that. We do that. Everybody does that. Right. Um, but in addition to that, we do something called advanced advertising uh, uh, integrations. And so think about this for a second. You were talking about SpotRunner before. We're able to go inside the programming itself. So instead of running a 15-second spot between the breaks, what if you were running, you know, you're a sports fan, so you know those ads that run behind home plate and they shift every half inning? Got you. We can do that inside any type of programming. Oh, and so we're working with the nice. showrunners, we're working with the, um, you know, the major uh, CTV platforms uh, to integrate that advertising in there. And eventually, even though it's, it's already there to do this, at scale, eventually, you'll be able to buy those types of insertions programmatically wow. based on the audience, based on the programming, based on the moment in the program that you want to be. Wow. Uh, and that'll just be, that, that's going to be a total game changer in the industry. And that's what we're building out right now. And that's a really exciting next chapter in our company's uh, history. I love that. I love that. It's crazy. I was uh, talking to uh, Tyler, who is one of the head guys that works with Gary Vee. And uh, he brought something interesting to me too. I was like, he's in it. Amazon's eventually probably going to license uh, content creators like the NFL, right? Because they own all the rights to the sh- NFL now. Uh, he's, they're going to license Twitch, you know, creators, the, the right to do 20 bucks or whatever. And then they're going to live comment over the NFL, you know, oh, interesting. Thinking, yeah. I was just thinking like, oh my God, like there's so many different ways that content's going to change. And instead of listening to Tony Romo or listening to whoever you want to comment, you get to listen to your favorite Twitch person, uh, comment, whatever your NFL game or, or, or whatever the content is really, it's going to be, uh, cause people are already making money doing that reaction videos and watching people game. Um, but dude, that is incredible programmatic, you know, ads, basically, like if I was drinking this thing, you could put your ad here, maybe possibly, and it could be a different that's ad. An, that's a perfect use case for it. Like we can put it, we can put, if there's a scene, we want to put a, a beer bottle, we can do that. If there's a place right. where we want to <laughs> run a sign in a store, we can do that. So it's, you know, anywhere where you can put anything, we can put it there and make it look like it was shot that way from the start. So instead of pre-production it's in post-production and it's it's um it's a little magic trick that we have as a company that we're super psyched about dude that is epic is it already available now or is that something you're kind of just wow absolutely absolutely that is freaking awesome dude so check that out that i'm that is mind-blowing i always love when i started the show nine years ago i never thought it would be where it is today but I knew that I'd be constantly mind blown by my guests. And that is mind blowing. That is truly a mind blowing experience. When you think about that at scale, all the past shows, current shows, and I mean the endless amount of opportunity there um, at scale, 
at scale. I mean, like you at said, scale. It's, 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 at the, it's at the post instead of at pre-production. You can take all the stuff that's already been produced and do it at the end. Uh, beautiful, man. Oh, my goodness. I love that. Tasty yum-yums. Uh, but now, my man, we're about to take you into our top 10. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Apple or Android? Apple. Apple all day. Netflix or YouTube? Uh, you know what? It was Netflix. I'm a YouTube TV guy now. Oh, and because yes. that's where I get my baseball. It's YouTube TV. Nice. Yeah, they've really t- taken on a lot of the licensing opportunities, huh? I- I've noticed that more and more uh, seeing some of the biggest teams. They're just they have these awesome exclusive licenses. Uh, it's amazing. It's an absolutely amazing world we live in. Uh, Instagram or Facebook? Oh, Instagram for Instagram. sure. Uh, give your IG a-, a shout out so we can follow you guys. I, uh, so we're triple lift HQ, I believe. Triple lift HQ. We'll find that and put in the show notes too, just in case, uh, uh, chicken or steak. If you're thinking about a good meal, filet butterflied and every once in a while, I'll, uh, I'll piss off the waiter by asking for some a one sauce. Nice. Put that on the top. (laughs) He's like, that doesn't (laughs) deserve that, but Hey, you know what? It's whatever you want. That's what, that's, I, right. that's what I always say. Whatever you want. You're the, you're the consumer. Laptop or a smartphone? This laptop that I'm on right now, the MacBook Air, I think is the best device ever created by a technology company. I've had like five of them. They last years. Mm. And I don't know how they could even improve on it. That's the interesting thing about Apple is like they're so good. Um the 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 ups the, the upcycle the you know the upsell cycle has kind of uh, changed as far as we don't need to do it every year now it's every couple years which is awesome but Apple let's just be realized guys they got a big services business they got the iCloud business they're making money off apps they got money off news they got tons of money in services too so they're they're kind of changing the business model because the de- damn devices are so good you don't need to update them every year like we used to back in the day right it's uh, mm-hmm. every couple years which is awesome because then you really get the value as a consumer too you know you're you're that's why you stay loyal to them they get so totally. much damn value and it's such a great device and then um if you don't need to buy it every year then that saves you a little bit of money until next year and then uh you you stay loyal because you're like hey save me money I mean, it's awesome let's let's go let's do it again um when you're thinking about relaxing movies or video games neither neither let's go and spotify or pandora about for music my wife worked at Pandora for years, nice. so even though I like both properties, I'll give a shout out to Pandora. The OG Pandora. I think it's owned by Series Radio now. Series it is. Uh, reading books or listening to books? Reading books. Reading books. And then if you're thinking about investing, stocks or real estate? Both. There you go. That's what it's all about. Diversification, baby. Uh, and if you're, uh, you deserve it, obviously. All our entrepreneurs, we work hard. We put in the grind. But if you were to get on a plane today, you're on a vacation, no, no work, nothing to do. Where are you going? An ocean or a lake? Lake. Lake Tahoe is my favorite place oh, in the world. Yeah, so dude. I would definitely pick Lake Tahoe. Dude, South Lake Tahoe for tax reasons uh, is a great place. <laughs> <laughs> and, and North Lake Tahoe for beauty reasons. For beautiful reasons. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's the coolest thing about Tahoe is they preserve that water. It is yeah, so beautiful. I remember going and, and jumping in. I got a boat one time and just drove to the middle of the lake and jumped in. And I looked around and I was like, I have never seen a lake like this in my entire life. And I still, it honestly, like I can visualize it. It felt like I was like in a magical world um, because it's so blue that you literally can't even describe it until you go get a boat, 
jump in the middle of Lake Tahoe and, uh, and appreciate that for, for all the concern, uh, you know, it takes a lot of effort for them to do that. So, uh, Shout out to the, the group that does that. And Lake Nessie may be down there somewhere. You never know. She might be down there checking you out. Uh, uh, and when you're waking up for your day and you're getting yourself ready, Mr. Jordan, why do you love being you? Oh, my gosh. Uh, my friends, my family, my job. Mm. You know, man, If I, I know this is about – we just met, but I'm sure this is the same thing for you. If you love what you do every day – is a joy to get up and to get in there and to start, you know, before my feet even hit the ground, I'm checking out my phone, what Slack messages came in, what's going on on Twitter, what's happening in our industry. I love that stuff. So, I, you know, working in something you love, there's not much better than that. That is the beauty of the marketing industry too, is it's kind of always pushing you. It's always making totally a hundred percent never stagnant. Although some of the things are, are, are consistent telling your story. Some of these things are consistent, but, being, let's be real, this shit's always changing. I mean, always, always, always. And uh, always. if they don't change, the algorithm changes, and then you're forced to change. So uh, yep. many times that happens too. Do you think you'll ever retire from the game of marketing and entrepreneurship, uh, you know, helping people out with marketing especially? If I'm, if I'm lucky enough, uh, yeah, one day. Uh, you know, I would love to keep doing this. Even when I am older, I'd love to like keep my, uh, my hands in it for a little bit. But what happens is, you know, that whole change, the change that happens, the speed of the change is so fast that, you know, at some point, 10 years down the road, yeah. I would love to do it for two or three days a week, but who knows if that'll even be enough at that point with, right. with everything changing so fast, you got to be in it every single day. Right. But no matter what, dude, right? Like if you, if you find a passion around something and you put it out, whether it's your own personal brand, whether that's writing a book, um, whether that's working at, at an agency, part-time for an agency, consulting, whatever, you can still do everything at scale, even two days a week. I mean, there's so many different examples of that. So uh, I would say for entrepreneurs out there, if you love it, like you said, if you love it and you're, you know, your fuel's there, keep doing that, you know, keep doing yep. it because it uh, keeps the mind going, keeps the synapses going. And uh, if you're only doing two days a week, three days a week, you got a few other days to enjoy life, you know? Yeah, that's uh, good advice. Not bad, not bad. Do you uh, have a routine to start your day? Uh, yeah, during COVID, we've been taking walks every morning. So my nice. wife and I, as soon as my son gets on the bus to go to school, we take a long walk around either Central Park or Riverside Park, as long Ooh. as the weather's okay. Um, and, uh, you know, get about four or five miles in, come back. And that's actually been one of the nice blessings of this whole thing is spending more time with her and with our son and, and getting out. I mean, I would have been already on the subway by the time we were leaving uh, to go take our walk. And now we got a little bit extra time to, to make that happen. Will you keep that a consistent routine in your relationship in, in life? I would like to, uh, hard to hopefully, hard to, hard hopefully to she'd like to. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to do something like that consistently, but it's so valuable when you not only get outside away with each other and then obviously four to five miles, that's a good amount of exercise. You know, it's a good yeah. amount of exercise to get the day going. And uh, people haven't been to New York. Central park is big. It is big. I mean, people are like, oh, Central Park. It is, it's, it's quite a big park. Uh, it is. When you actually look at it, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. In, in the middle of a concrete jungle, uh, you have a huge, beautiful park. Um, is there a skill or something you're looking to uh, master or get better at? Yeah, I am not a programmatic expert. So I'm gotcha. working in the programmatic category. I'm an, I'm, you know, I'm an ad guy. I've been in the ad industry for years and years, but programmatic is a very specific category. Mm. Um, and when I came to this company 18, 19 months ago, whatever it was, I didn't know that much about programmatic. And I said to um, 
our founders at the time, including my boss, Ari LeWine, one of the co-founders of the company, who is all three of them are, but Ari, Ari is an expert uh, in this category. And I'm like, I want to learn everything I possibly can mm. from this because not only am I interested in it, but knowing about this category or any category in advertising only serves to lengthen your, your career, right? Oh, just knowing yeah. more just helps you. Um, and so I'm always striving to learn more. I'm still only about, uh, I'm in like the second or third inning on this one. That's what it's all about though. That's what Charlie Munger would say. That's what a beautiful life is. A, a 90, he was talking about Zoom yesterday on CNBC. I love Zoom. He said, uh, I have three Zooms a day. This is the one of the co-founders of Berkshire Hathaway. You know, talking about a 90 plus year old guy and uh, embracing embracing the change, but then liking it and, uh, and, and sticking with it because that's the thing is that like programmatic, it ain't going away. Like we don't oh, like no. I always say certain things. Like I tell my dad, dad, we're not going back to certain things like, Zoom happened. It we ain't going back. Like some, oh yeah, well, there's certain pieces of business will always happen. But if you can zoomify it or things like that, we're gonna do that. And uh, and that's a good business going forward for a lot of it, a lot of different reasons. You never know. There's competitors, etc. But bottom line is like programmatic. It ain't going anywhere. Like it's yeah. only getting beast mode. Once, like you, once you pass the tipping point, that's it. And we've passed the tipping point on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And like you said, making it easy for people to adopt. It's the right time. The spot runner was 12 years ago or 13 years ago. Uh, uh, that business is going to be a boom, boom. It's going to be a big one. I, I like that, my man. Um, do you have a favorite app or a tool on your phone that you enjoy using? My favorite app. You know what? I have loved Pocket. Uh, Pocket. I don't oh, use it a, enough. It's a great one. I don't, I don't use Pocket nearly enough, but uh, I've, I've liked Pocket. Um, I'm just looking at my phone right now to give you maybe another one. Uh, yeah, I guess that's the one that I probably, oh, and you know what? I got to also say, I know, I know this is mixed for a lot of people. I love Slack. I oh, love yeah. Slack. I'm Absolutely. on Slack all day long. I enjoy being on Slack. So, yeah. It's the best way to stay in touch with your team uh, and I, in a real-time manner. Let's just be real. You know, email is a... Uh, it's, it's clunky compared to when you get on Slack, especially when you got a lot of different people contributing and things like that, instead of forward emails and this and that CCC, this and that BCC, um, Slack is just so much easier. And then, and many people are working in different time zones and all different things. And so I've seen so much, uh, efficiency with Slack and totally probably Great one collaboration of the best tools, tool. best, probably one of the best tools in the last 10 years to actually, you know, not only be out there, but really provide a lot of, of uh, value for entrepreneurs and, and people that are having success in their life. Um, if you could chop it up to a lovely filet dinner, uh, flayed up and chopped up with a little bit of a one on the side, uh, with anyone in the world, who would you want to uh, sit down with tonight? Uh, my idol, I've seen him 78 times in concert is Bruce Springsteen. Oh so shit. I 78 times the legend. Seven, 78 times. So, uh, I would, uh, I would sit down and have dinner with Bruce Springsteen. No doubt. Wow. And Bruce Springsteen and president Obama have a podcast. I've listened. Have you listened to that podcast? I haven't listened to it. I don't listen to as much podcasts as I'd love to listen to because being a dad, but, uh, I, that's one of my ones I want to get. I want to listen to. I want to. It's get a little. It's a little more chill than yours. Right. You know, it's like a right. little more. Uh, we're just gonna have like a. You have to like subtle lean conversation. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's still but it's very good. Interesting. Uh, two minds of uh, amazing different worlds and uh, and, and and like I said, I always love. I always love the freaking the boss man, Bruce Springsteen, baby. Let's go. That is incredible. Uh, so when are you planning the 79th uh, concert? Is it coming soon? 
uh, in September, the first week of September, uh, he just opened back up on Broadway and my brother, uh, Drew and I are going to go, uh, check out the show. Nice dude. Yes. Is that when things are primarily opened up for Broadway and stuff? Is September? Yeah. He's the first Broadway show that's opened up. It actually opened up last week. Um, or maybe it was even earlier this week. And, gotcha. um, by the time we get to Labor Day, uh, most shows are going to start opening back up again. I keep praying for that, man, because that's such a that's such a vibrant feeling of the energy of all the shows, people leaving, coming, and all those talent workers and people that have been missing out on you know showcasing their their their, their joy and passions. And so I'm. And really by the grateful. way, you know it's hugely important to the economy of New York City. Oh, I mean, yeah. all the people who work there, besides the actors. You know, the union guys, Absolutely. the people who work the theater, it's just huge. And they've been out of work for 18 months. It's crazy. They got to get back, baby. So I'm, gl- yeah. I'm so glad to hear that, dude, that uh, yeah. they got that coming back for you guys. And uh, and, and I know that's going to boom back. I think people are going to just flood the gates. I hope they just sell out the shows and uh, and really make, sure. it, make it a boom back like we've seen in some of the other categories of business. Has there been a book or something that has changed your life as far as a book-wise that you either reread or you kind of sticks to your soul? Yep. I have a book that I have given to many people. Um, it's called First You Have to Row a Little Boat. Ooh, and I think the author's, boat. I think the author's name is Bodie, B-O-D-E. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. The book probably came out 15, 20 years ago, but basically it's about, it's written by the author about himself. It's, you know, it's uh, autobiographical, but he basically talks about how, um, he got a little sailboat when he was a kid. He learned how to sail and he uses that as an analogy for life. You never go straight at, at the right point. Sometimes you got to tick tack and go back and forth. Mm. Um, and he talks about the wind and how you have to have wind in your sails and all of that. And I just think it's really helpful to anyone starting out in business or needs a tune up in business or, or not even in business for that matter, just for life right. uh, to think about the indirect routes we take in this world sometimes. Right. I remember one time me and my buddy were out, we were living the dream. We were out on uh have you ever been to, down to San Diego, the beautiful San Diego Bay out there with the, yep. the, the, the big ship, the USS, uh, fair. I don't exactly know the ship, but we're right by the ship. Right. And we're turning around like, Oh, everyone's cool. We're looking at, and next time I hear, whack, whack, bam, whack, bam. and I'm like, what the hell happened? And the, 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 the band that controlled the, the steering wheel broke, dude, we are literally, a ship at sea with no wheel. And we figured, I figured out because based on what you're talking about, just navigating the waters and kind of just f- with no wheel, dude, we figured. Wow. How, how did you do that? We literally, it took us about an hour and a half. Um, uh, the guy supposedly said he was looking at us with binoculars and didn't send a rescue boat because I was like, dude, we were going to, I thought we were going to, my buddy was freaking the shit out, but we literally, I just figured at some point that I could, I could push the, uh, the, the, the you know, I could, I had power, but I just couldn't, navigate so i was just i'd throttle it and it'd go and then i'd kind of just navigate it slow down and i'd throttle it again and i kind of just slow down and i just kept doing that and then we'd get hit with waves it was it was a fun adventure but it reminds me of that book in, in many ways in that uh if you just freak out you you know you, it, it's not good and when you're, you're done kind of, no you got to keep going you got to keep pushing yeah find a way to kind of throw that throw that throttle down or whatever you got to do in life and uh and then also if you get going too good just remember, you can hit a big rock or something like that too. So don't get too comfortable in your in your sail there uh, as well. So I love that. I love. I, thank you for sharing that book. I'm gonna have to go find that if they have an audible or a book. And then tell us a little bit about where's the best place for people to find more information about Triple Lift specifically. Uh, TripleLift.com is our uh, URL, um, and um, you can learn about all the stuff we just talked about there. 
Um, and there's a form there if you want to get in touch with us. You can certainly get in touch with me. Um, and by the way, hit me up on uh, Twitter at Jordan Bitterman, and I'd be happy to uh, interact with anyone in your audience. Let's go. I was going to say that, uh, what the Twitter, uh, Twitter or social was. So Jordan Bitterman, we're going to put that in the links. And my man, last question for you. Do you still collect? Are you still a collector of uh, sports cards? You said back in the day you were into baseball cards, sports cards. I am. Actually, uh, you and I are looking at each other over Zoom right now. So right off to my right side is a big closet. And deep, deep, deep in that closet is old tops uh, from like the 1950s and 60s and 70s. I had a big Hank Aaron collection, a big Willie Mays collection. My favorite was the 56 tops years ago and uh, a big Seaver collection. And it's all back in there. I just got to go. I just got to go dig through it at some point, but it's there. Dig through it and then send them over to a company called SGC because they specialize, especially in vintage. And, uh, and um, I've seen that those cars do really well, my man. So God bless you, my brother. Let's go. I love that. Uh, so follow him on social, Jordan Bitterman. Check out Triple Lift, put in the show notes. Folks, you've been hanging out with an incredible man. But Mr. Jordan, man, I want to say first, thank you so much for your time today, man. I appreciate you sharing your love, your passion, your energy. I know that uh, your role here at Triple Lift is abundant. I mean, what you guys are doing is, uh, is the future. And uh, anyone that's in either the agency space or hasn't heard of this, please go check him out. But you, my man, Continue doing you. I see you evolving uh, as time grows as far as, uh, you know, your personal brand, a a likable personal brand. Check out my man on social. But, folks, you've been hanging out with Jordan Bitterman and Travis Tutal and Huff. We want to thank you again for your time for today. And let's keep being real. What another epic episode and uh if you enjoyed the episode today can you please do me a favor and subscribe to our podcast the b-real show on itunes or your favorite podcast platform and also take a little time today if you don't mind and give your boy t huff a review i would really super appreciate it and thank you so much for listening today do you want to get featured on podcast guys you can be a guest. And that's right. You have a story and the people, uh, the good folks at I Love Podcasts. That's I-L-U-V podcasts.com. Do that every single day. This is a new company, guys, in the space of podcast agency. And they realize a lot of the people in the, the space are just, it's just a commodity. And it does, they don't care. And these folks care. And I literally love Kenny and the team at I Love Podcasts, and they are doing it right for their customers. So you guys can be a guest on a show, ilovepodcast.com. That's I-L-U-V podcast.com. Let's go.